to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, I figured uh, being Thanksgiving coming up here right around the corner on Thursday, we want to uh, just have a, a message of Thanksgiving, talk about being thankful, what it means to be thankful. I love this story. I, I know I've mentioned this before, but it's a, it's a great story of Kipling. He's the famous writer and poet of the late 1800s. And uh, even in the early 1900s, he's a very successful man. He made his writings, did very well. And, and one day a news reporter came up to him and said, uh, Mr. Kipling, he says, I read that someone calculated that the money that you make for your writings amount to $100 per word. And Kipling raised his eyebrows and said, well, I certainly wasn't aware of that. And uh, this reporter, in a cynical way, he pulled out a $100 bill and he, he handed it to Mr. Kipling. He says, okay, Mr. Kipling, he says, give us one of those $100 words. And Mr. Kipling took the $100 bill, folded it up, put it in his pocket, and he said, thanks. <laughs> a great story, isn't it? But it is, it's a priceless word, isn't it? That word, thank you, Thanks. And we're to be thankful people. You know, as Christians, we have so much to be thankful for, don't we? Think through that. As believers in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. Our past sin, our present sin, our future sin, all of our sins are forgiven when we go to the cross. That's a lot to be thankful for. Jesus has given us eternal life. Is, are you thankful for that? We're going to heaven we're going to spend eternity with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. We should be the most thankful people on the planet. Amen? Amen. And I believe as we look at this, this is a reminder for us to, to be grateful, to be thankful for what we do have, a, a simple message regarding that. But also that we should guard over being, you know, those that are complainers or murmurers to guard over bad attitudes and bitterness. And we should guard over that as believers. I, I think the enemy, you know, there's a battle for that, for us to become upset and angry and, and discouraged or all these, these different things to keep us out of the spirit. But God wants us to be grateful, as we read in our, our scripture reading, but we'll also see in our text here and in other places. So let's take a look. Let's take a look at the text that we have before us. So it's, again, Matthew 14, verse 13 and it says, when Jesus heard it, he heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. It's what he's talking about. It says, he departed from there by, the, by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, to Jesus, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He, Jesus said, Bring them here to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. 
So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. At the beginning of this, if you can go back with me, uh, verse 13, it says, when Jesus heard it, Jesus was just told that John the Baptist was beheaded, that Herod had ordered him to be, you know, beheaded. And in our story, Jesus is, is trying to go to a deserted place. He's, he's breaking away. He wants to get alone, and, and possibly he wants to get alone to, just to pray. He wants to get away from the multitudes. But it says when he heard the multitudes, when the multitudes heard where he was, they they started following him. There was great multitudes looking for him. And then it says that Jesus said, leave me alone. Right? Does it say that? No. He says, I need some me time. It doesn't say that, does it? He he picked up rocks and he threw it at the people. He said, get out of here. I, I need to get alone doesn't say that, does it? Jesus just heard the news that his cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded, his friend, his forerunner. And I'm sure he, he wanted to get alone. He wanted to spend time alone with the Father. He, he went to this deserted place. But the, the multitudes kept coming. The multitudes kept coming. And what does it say in our text? It says he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. He, he started ministering to them. And I, and I, and I see a, a wonderful picture. He was grateful that they came. He wasn't, you know, feeling inconvenienced. Like the, this was something very inconvenient. And I, and I think in our text here, you know, it shows us an example of being grateful even when it's inconvenient. Even when it, you don't feel very grateful, you know. I, God wants to give us a, a supernatural ability to, to do things that are beyond us. And one of these things is to be grateful even when it's not convenient. And this is a wonderful example of, you know, Jesus, he, this could have been a very inconvenient time for him, don't you think? Yeah. And he could have very well said, you know what, not right now, everybody. I know you've got needs right now, but I've got greater needs right now. You know, I'm dealing with something. But we see a supernatural work, and obviously this is God in the flesh, this is Emmanuel, but I think it's also an example that, that God can give us supernatural works of his Holy Spirit, giving us joy, giving us peace, and giving us gratefulness in the midst of a situation that might not be even a good situation. This could have been a time for him to mourn, a time for him to, you know, to really just kick back and say, I, I need some me time right now. But that's not what he does. And I want to add with that, expect to be inconvenienced. I know in ministry, you know, sometimes it, you know, the, the things will happen in the, you know, the, the, the worst times, you know, and I'll think, well, this is not a good time, but, but I, I, I'm learning, and I'm still learning to expect it because God wants to, you know, he wants to work not because of you, but in spite of you, and he wants to minister through you. It's funny, the, the neighborhood I'm in and, it's wonderful. I, I love where we're, we're living and all, but you notice the button. There, there's a few in our neighborhood that if, if we're driving like over one mile an hour, you know, they just, they give us a bad look because they, they've got their dogs. And I, I'm, I'm being serious. Even over like, if you're like three miles an hour, they're looking at you like, slow down. Like, do you see we've got dogs here? And that's okay, I understand, you know, drive slow, be cautious, I get that, I understand, very cautious, but I'm telling you, I even, you know, in paranoia, I'm just going so slow, I'm going down the street, this morning, we're driving here, you know, we're just going, and there they are, you know, looking, they're just like looking at you, like, you better not even think about it. 
And I would say there's some lack of gratefulness there. There's lack of, you know, compassion there. Expect to be inconvenienced. Jesus was. There's been many times where my wife will ask me to do something and and uh, there's, you know, there's times when it's just, it's not, it's totally not a good time to take her somewhere or to do something or, or you know, and, and, and you know, there, there's times I just want to say, you know, I know. <laughs> and many times the Lord will say, deny yourself. There's one time actually I was, you know, I was behind in my studies and I was like, oh, and I was just like, oh, you know, I need extra time. Where, and I'm like praying, Lord, where can I find extra time? I need about three more hours, you know. And then, then my wife was, you know, this one time my wife says, oh, honey, can you take me to such and such place? And I really want to go to the, and I'm ready to say, no, I can't. I'm sorry. And this one time the Lord spoke to my heart and just said, deny yourself. Go ahead. I'll, I'll take care of the message. And sure enough, we went out, and there was no message. No, no, I'm just joking. (laughs) The Lord blessed it. Because I denied myself. The Lord just totally just, while I was out with her, having a good time with her, the Lord just was pouring out and saying, this is what I want you to talk about. This is what I want you to say. This, and I'm like, Lord, this is so much easier. Lord, can we always do this? (laughs) But we should expect inconveniences in our lives, and we should react by the Spirit and not in the flesh. Lord, help us. Amen? Interesting, even later on in the story, before I go to my next point, you know, Jesus, he did finally send the multitude away. He sent his disciples away. And then he went to be alone again. Later in this chapter, he went up to the mountain to be by himself. And the story tells us that there was a, there was a storm and then they, they were in the middle of the, of the Sea of Galilee. And it says that Jesus went to be alone. But then it says in verse 24, but... He had to stop, and he had to go down by the water. He had to go and calm the storm, and he, he went inside. That's when, you know, Peter walked on water. Remember, Peter said, if it's you, have me come out. And he, and he says, you know, come out. And Peter, you know, started walking in the water. He fell in the water. It says, Jesus went into the boat, and he, he stopped the storm. He, he made the, the wind stop. But again, I see a picture. He was inconvenient. He was, he was going to be alone again. And it says, but he had to go back down, and he had to help these guys out. A verse that goes with that. Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 10, 24, Paul the Apostle says, but let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. The next thing we see here in our text, Jesus gives thanks before the answer of prayer even came forth. He, He gives thanks before the answer of prayer even comes forth. Check this out, verse 19. He blessed, it says, and he commanded the multitudes to sit down. Back in verse 19, you know, it says he took the five loaves, he took the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. That word blessed, by the way, it means to speak well or to thank or to invoke a, a benediction upon. So in other words, you know, get the picture with me. He's, he's thanking the Father before the answer of prayer even came forth. There was no answer of prayer yet. There wasn't the multiplying of the fish and the loaves yet. But he just took, took the little bit he had and just says, thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for these fish. Thank you for this bread. Before the answer came forth, he was thanking. He, was, he had gratitude. And again, you know, I, I believe it's you know, a great exhortation for us that even before we see an answer to prayer, be grateful. And know by faith that it's going to come to pass the way the Lord wants it to come to pass. As long as you're following the Lord, he'll bring it to pass the way he wants it to come to pass. 
And I think it's so much better. Someone once mentioned that when the children of Israel were at the Red Sea and they finally went to the other side, they started praising God. You know, this song, they were singing, thank you, Lord. And they're all excited because the Red Sea opened up and that the, 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 uh, the army of the uh, Egyptian army was taken care of. Thank you very much. And, uh, but someone's mentioned that it would have been good if they thanked the Lord before the parting of the Red Sea. Because they could have. They could have said, thank you, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do. Look at this. We got the army behind us. We got the sea in front of us. We got mountains over. We don't know what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord. Because we know that you're going to do something. And so often we, we wait till the other side of the Red Sea. And really, it's just being grateful. That's not faith. But God wants us to walk by faith, thanking him, before we see the answer of prayer, as we see Jesus doing. I remember one time my car broke down. And let me tell you, I wasn't very thankful and we called the tow truck, and the tow truck driver got there, and I was able to spend time with the tow truck driver, and I was able to share the Lord with him. And after a while, you know, we, I asked him if he wanted to pray to receive Christ. And in his tow truck, he's bowed his head. He says, yeah, I want to receive Jesus, and prayed for him. And he received Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I thought, Lord, that's why this happened. That's why my car broke down. And I look at that story, and I think, boy, I should have thanked him even before the tow truck got there. That's kind of hard to do. <laughs> but it's called faith. I want you to turn with me, if you can, please. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. It's a great story. We're told that a great multitude came out against the, against the people of Judah, the Moabites and the Amorites, and they came out to, to battle against Judah. They were way out. Judah was way outnumbered. So King Jehoshaphat, it tells us, he sought the Lord, and he asked the people to have a fast, and, and the Lord spoke through the prophet. And that's in verse 15. Let's pick up the story. But the Lord spoke through the prophet. And look in verse 15, what the Lord said to them. Get this, this huge, massive armies coming out to destroy them from the Amorites and from the, the Moabites. And, and they're, they're worried, they're fearful, and they sought the Lord. And the prophet spoke to the children of Israel, the children of Judah, and he said, verse 15, the prophet said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, he was the king over Judah, thus says the Lord, to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Can we get an amen for that? Amen. Maybe the Lord's speaking to someone here about that right now. The battle's not yours, it's God's. Let him fight it. Look down to verse 17, and it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, and I love this verse, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, who is what? Who is what? With you. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, for the Lord is with you. And then he goes on, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is, is with you. Skip to verse 21 if you can, just for time. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who, would, who should sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And it says, as they went out before the army and, were say, and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Get the picture. The, they, they send out the worshipers at the front of the field. They, they, before the army even goes out, they, they send out those that are praising God, those that are singing. And to me, this is, you know, this is having thankfulness and gratefulness before they answer. The army's not defeated yet. 
But the Lord says, I'm going to defeat the army. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So they're out there. The, the enemies are right in front of them. They're out there just praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, because he, they, by faith they're going out there knowing that the, the enemy will be destroyed. Before they even saw the answer of the prayer, they were praising the Lord. And to me, it's a wonderful picture of we can praise the Lord, thank the Lord before the battle even takes place because we know by faith God will destroy the enemy. God will be with us. And then let's see what happens. Let's go down. Verse 22. I love this story. And when they began to sing, here it is, and to praise, the Lord set ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. So you're getting the picture. They're just singing and praising. They don't even have to fight. They're just worshiping the Lord, singing and praising. And what does it say? The Lord set ambush for the people. And then it says, and then it says, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. <laughs> Verse 23, for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. They're fighting each other, it's telling us. There was so much confusion in the enemy camp that the enemy started fighting each other, killing each other. So they're just worshiping. You get in the picture? They're, <laughs> they're worshiping. They're praising God. They're, Thank you, Lord. Your mercies endure forever. God, you're so great. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. You're going to defeat our enemy. We are so outnumbered. We can't even fight if we had to fight. There's just so many of them. And then as they're just praising and worshiping, the enemy's fighting each other. Confusion was on their camp. And they started killing one another, destroying one another. And then what does it say? This is the end of it here. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Whoops, next one. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude. And this is the end right here. And there were their, and it says, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. Can you read the rest of that? No one escaped. God totally destroyed the enemy as they worshiped and praised and thanked the Lord. They didn't have their, their, their mind fixed on their problem. They didn't have their mind fixed on the troubles. They didn't have their mind fixed on the enemy. They had their thoughts and their mind fixed on the Lord, and they started thanking the Lord before the answer of prayer even showed up. A good uh, verse to go with that, Ephesians 5.19 basically says, it says, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always Check it out. It says, for all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. As we talk about thankfulness, we're on the Bible bus, so please turn with me to Psalm 100, please. The Psalm of Thanksgiving that was in our scripture reading this morning, pretty much in the center of your Bible. And it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. If you're taking note, one way we can show thanksgiving and gratitude to the Lord, it's very simple, singing to him, just singing, praising him. I don't know about you, but I love our worship time when we sing and praise to the Lord. I love the worship team. It's a a wonderful thing to see what God's doing, but it's commanded by the Lord. Sing to the Lord. I know people personally, they, they tell me, well, you know, Pastor Joe, I, I really don't like all that, you know, hoopla, singing and stuff, so I usually come at the end, you know, I come in just to hear the message. And I was like, really? You're missing out. We're commanded to, to be grateful in one way, it says, to come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise and, and sing unto the Lord. We're to sing and praise and worship our God. 
And I believe if, if you're not into that, there, there could be something wrong with your spiritual walk because let me tell you, it, it's a, a wonderful thing to, to be able to give praise and to sing to our Lord. It's an awesome thing. I remember when I first came to the Lord, I, you know, I used to go to a church, a denominational church, and I went and just kind of punched in and punched in, kind of, you know, just ching, coming in, okay, sit down, okay, over, okay, lunch, let's go. And there was, seriously, it would just be a punch card, I'm in, punching in, punch, it's okay, that's what I'm supposed to do, I was raised this way, I'm supposed to go to church, let's go to church, let's sit down, let's get this over with, okay, while they're talking, let's, where are we going to lunch, okay. Looking at my watch, not even getting into it. Let me tell you, when I became a born-again Christian and I stepped foot in the church and we started singing, it was a whole new experience. Because my heart bore witness with his, my spirit bears witness with his spirit. I'm a child of God. And I remember the first time, you know, just even raising my hands, you know, I'm like, whoa. And it was like a, a surrender, just saying, Lord, who cares what anybody thinks? I just want to praise you, Lord. We're commanded Sing unto the Lord. Praise him. And there's something that happens when we do that. Psalm 22.3 tells us, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of your people or the praises of Israel. It, you, something happens. That word enthrones means to sit, to sit down, to remain, and to stay. When we're praising the Lord, when we're, when we're, we're singing unto him, something it's like it's as if the Lord is like just sits down in the midst of us. Like, these are my people. They're praising me. It's like he sits on the throne. Like, you know, if we have empty seats, he's just like, yeah, I'm right here. I'm right with you guys. I want to hang out with you guys. He's enthroned in our praises. He, he meets us when we, we worship and we praise him in song. It's important. So again, if, there's, if that's not important to you, I would say try it. Just worship the Lord. Just sing to him. There's a verse in Isaiah 61, 3, and it talks about putting on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There's been times in my life where I'm going through some heavy stuff and just almost like a depressing thing, and just like my mind is so depressed and so weighed down, and then just there's times in my house I just start singing and praising him. It's almost as if like, like this hat of depression just lifts off my head. That garment of praise just removes a spirit of heaviness. It's gone. It has to go. So we can show our adoration, our gratitude through singing to the Lord, and we're commanded to do so. Turn with me if you can. We're on the Bible bus. First Thessalonians 5.18. Why, when we talk about gratefulness, why should we be grateful? Well, it's the will of God that we're grateful. First Thessalonians 5.18, Paul the Apostle says, in everything, and can you guys repeat that with me, please? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. This is the will of God. Did you notice that? This is the will of God. This is the will of God. This is God's will that we're grateful. You might say, well, I don't feel grateful. Well, it's God's will that you are. I don't want to give thanks. Well, it's God's will that you do give thanks. In everything, give thanks. In every situation, give thanks. I heard someone say, are you, ble- are you a blessing wherever you go or whenever you go? Are you a blessing wherever you go or whenever you go? Wherever you go, is it a blessing to people? You're, you know, there's some people that they're so critical you don't want to be around them and you don't want to be that person because 
In everything, we're to give thanks. We're to be grateful people. And so are we a blessing wherever we go? We really should be. If you, if you think about it, if we're to be exactly what God has called us to be, to, this is his will that we're grateful. It's his will that we're thankful. It's his will that we, that we give him glory and we sing praises to him. It's his will that we sing psalms and spiritual songs and, and hymns. Where, and we're to be those type of people. So everywhere we go, there's, people should say, wow, I like being around that person. Because they're so joyful, they're so thankful all the time. But if you're the kind of person where it's the opposite, that wherever you go, you know, they they just want to get out of your presence, then that's not what God wants for you. Thanksgiving means so much to me. But let's not allow it to be just one day a year that we're thankful. Let it be thanks living. It's a, a life of thanksgiving. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.